Welcome to the Terminal Exchange, the official podcast of Newsbomb Transportation, where we explore key issues and compelling stories in the trucking industry. I'm your host, Sage Anderson, and you're listening to episode 86, Telling Stories, Jamal Jermaine's story from homelessness to truck driving. Jamal's story will take you on a ride from central Illinois all the way to California as he is on a mission to provide for his family. We will learn about a father's heart in the midst of financial crisis, trying to do what's best for his children. And now, here's the full story on this featured exchange. But I was excited about your name because Jamal Jermaine, Terminal Exchange, like it just kind of had a ring to it. Yeah, I have a weird name. So, So my first name is Jamal. My middle name is Jeremiah, and my last name is Jermaine. Okay. So my first name is Islam, which means young prince. Ooh. My middle name was named after the weeping prophet, mm-hmm. Jeremiah. Jeremiah was tested so much by God, right? He was put through the ringer uh, by God. Mm-hmm. But Jeremiah, Jeremiah also had a purpose in mm-hmm. God's ministry. Then my last name means young peasant girl. What? <laughs> yes. Young peasant girl. My last name's Christian. My middle name is Jewish. Okay. And my first name's Islam. Okay. It's Islamic. Do you have anyone in your family that's Islamic or they just... Not that I know of. I'm not going to say I don't, but sure. you know, people tend to believe or worship how they choose. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not my place to tell them, um, but sometimes... Uh, Regardless of what's going on, I still pray for them. Yeah. You know, regardless if they believe in God or not, I still pray for them. Because that's what God told me to do. Yeah. Um, I can't tell you do something that you don't feel in your heart that's right. Mm-hmm. I have to do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. So if, whether they believe in what I believe in or not, I still want to support them by praying for them. Yeah. Even if they don't want it, I can pray for them in silence. Yeah. You know. Pray for their safety. Even especially as a truck driver, I'm on the road and I get somebody cut me off, and you know I'm so you know everyone like oh you know you <laughs> but no I say no I'm gonna pray for them because obviously they're not they might right state of mind to see a truck coming yeah excuse me um, but yeah I'm not sure if I have anyone I do I do know I have a person in my family that do uh, that lives in Israel mm-hmm. that I do I'm in more of. But they live there because they're they're in the U.S. military, so okay. they're they're based there. Sure. Um, so I know that they they practice a lot of customs there. Mm-hmm. They they've been in Mecca and stuff like that, which I would love to go one day. Yeah. Go to Jerusalem and Bethlehem. Yeah. So, you know, Jerusalem is not Jerusalem it was in the Bible. It's it's all rubbles and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I would love to go there one day. Yeah. Visit. But, but as far as I know, I'm not sure. Okay. Just my name was weird. <laughs> you know. I like it. Yeah. I, I like it a lot. Um, so yeah, going into, I mean, we started with your name. Where did you grow up? Where are you from? How did you get here? Well, I grew up in, um, Oakland, California. Um, when, when I was a kid, um, my city was always, well, Oakland, California is like a party city. Okay. Um, so People go to go there to have fun and stuff like that. I remember going to to ball games, um, stuff like that as a kid. Um, but Oakland, California, you know, it's, 
it's hard to get people to know where Oakland is because mm-hmm. when they think of California, they think of LA. Yeah. So I tell people where I'm from, oh, how far are you from LA? I say, I'm about seven and a half, seven and a half hours away. Sure. Wait, you that far? Yeah, we're, it's, it's a <laughs> long state. <laughs> it's very far. Um, I grew up there and, um, up to the age of, uh, I would say about 15 years old. Okay. Um, my mom, she got hurt. She got injured. Um, my stepfather um, physically assaulted her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we ended up moving to Vallejo, California. Uh, from there, um, and were you an only child, or did you have siblings? No, I have uh, two sisters, one brother. Okay. Um, my brother, God rest his soul, is not here no more. But you know, he was the oldest. Then my older sister, she who currently she currently lives in Oakland. Um, and my little sisters up to live with my mom in Vallejo, California. Okay. Um, we was all raised raised Christians, all raised in church and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. Been to so many churches, okay. <laughs> so many out there, like so many, so many different aspects of worship, yeah. perspectives, and nomination, denomination. Um, but it's always been the same. Mm-hmm. You know, just always had a routine. Um, my mom said, "I don't care what you go got going in your life, but in this house, we're gonna serve the Lord." Mm. So that's what we did. Yeah. We went to Bible study. Um, um, sometimes we'd be outside holding the signs up, half a prayer and stuff like that. <laughs> and I always thought, like, this is stupid. <laughs> you know, I'd rather be outside with my friends and stuff like that. And I'm out here on the, holding the sign up. <laughs> like, you know, as a kid, you know, I'm a kid, so you know, kids, we don't think. About our our future, yeah. You just think about the moment. Yeah. I mean, that moment, I didn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. The moment, I wanted to be at the park or somewhere. But yeah, um, uh, when I got older, I ended up moving to San Francisco. Okay. Um, I went to school out there. I went to Job Corps. Um, went to culinary school. I went to culinary art school. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was funny because uh, have you ever seen this movie called The Pursuit of Happiness? I have. So, one I remember when we were uh, we had woke up one day, my class we came up and they kept telling us we got a big announcement coming on, and we not knowing what's happening. I was all remember seeing a big giant blue yacht in front of our our, our kitchen. Yeah. And the, the dock that was locked, dock that it was always locked. And we thought it was it was not utilized. Mm-hmm. Uh, couldn't find out it was Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith in that boat the whole time. And so I got a chance to meet them okay. when I was in school. Uh, right while I was filming the movie The Pursuit of Happiness. Um, wow. Um, I got a chance to go to um, uh, Glide Memorial Mission Baptist Church in San Francisco where uh, Cecil William is the pastor there. And I was one of the chefs there during the film. Okay. Um, um, I met him, his wife, and his son, and his daughter, um, cooking omelets and, you know, cooked them some, uh, I think he has like some roast, no, he has Salisbury steak, right? yeah. Salisbury steak over potatoes. Well, oh, I, I would just like, it's just incredible how food can bring you together with all sorts of people, like just food. It's crazy. Fire. Good food will bring people <laughs> together, but bad food will get people talking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, don't go there. Uh, don't go there. You know, that's the worst thing you want. Well, it's a good thing, but the yeah. bad thing too, because, you know, when people tell us, typically when people say it's the food's gross, typically people don't try it because they think it's, the, they want to see for themselves, which I don't know why, but. Yeah. 
Right. Yeah, I felt bad last night. I went to dinner with my husband, and I convinced him to get a soup that I wanted, but it was like a salmon bisque, and I was already getting salmon, so I was like, you get it. And then it was so salty, and so oh, I just yeah. felt horrible for him. I was like, that, that's the worst. That's the worst. Like, like dang, did you got just just dig up all the salt and ocean <laughs> up? What's going on here? But see, that's how I feel about biscuits. Like, you know, there's some good biscuits out there, and then there's some really, really bad biscuits out there. Yeah. Like, I, t- I make a joke all the time. I say, you know what? You can't get those biscuits away, Popeyes away to, to no one. Yeah. I think that's a good April Fool joke. Mm-hmm. Don't take my don't take my idea, but give someone a whole box of Popeyes biscuit with a chicken, one ch- piece of chicken in there, and say, "Here you go," and see, <laughs> no water. <laughs> that would be funny. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah. Let's I, get back to your story too. Yeah, I got a chance to cook for him. Um, I met Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, also, um, that's when he was the governor of California. Wow. Um, he, I remember he flew in. Um, it was a big old Chinese helicopter flew in because uh, at the time I was living on uh, yeah. Treasure Island. It's just funny you called him the governor because he's like the Terminator, yeah, or the, the go- governor. Yeah, we used to call him governor because <laughs> the guy was. I mean, they, on the TV they make him look really huge, but really he was a really small guy, but really really ripped, really okay. ripped. Yeah, but but we so we did all this. Bar- we cooked a lot of barbecue, a lot of ribs, a lot of briskets, and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. Um, who made a lot of specialties, Bill. And this guy came in, he flew in, landed his landed helicopter, they came in, grabbed a plate, and left. We were like, we did all the cooking for what? <laughs> you know, we were so mad, but it was it was worth it. You know, yeah. I got a chance to glimpse at, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, yeah. we were watching Terminator, so it was kind of cool seeing that guy. Yeah. Um, um, and then from there, you know, I had my first, my first child, um, my son, Jamal Jr., um, I was young. I was 20 years old. Okay. Um, met my now ex-wife, Dominique, mm-hmm. there in San Francisco. Um, we ended up, um, we created four kids together. Um, I have two boys, two girls, Jamal, Jabriel, J- Jada, and, no, Jamal, Jada, Jabriel, and Jacoby. Okay. Uh, all J's, I know. <laughs> it was not my idea, but no. <laughs> it was not my idea. But yeah, we're we're here. Yeah. Um, um, we struggled a lot. Mm-hmm. It, it was a struggle. Um, it see the be- the problem with California is is not that it's it's expensive. Mm-hmm. The fact that it's so expensive that if even if you have a six figure salary, you can't afford it, mm. and. So here I'm a chef. I'm supposed to be a chef. Yeah. And you know they promoted. Oh, you could make a lot of money as a chef. They showed this on TV. They show Emerald. This and that. That's not the case. Yeah. So it was a lesson learned. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to say, told myself, man. So I, I went to school. I'm going to these jobs, and I'm barely making ten dollars an hour. In mm. a place that where the rent is like seventy five hundred bucks a month for a two bedroom. Wow, struggling. Uh, can't really afford the rent. Can't afford um, basic groceries. You know, mm-hmm. my cell phone. Especially with four kids, it's hard. Yeah. Get diapers and formula and this and that. And so, a few times we lost our place. We was mm-hmm. homeless. A few times we had to sleep in a car. Um, Stayed in the shelter, stayed with family, um, and that took a toll on my marriage. Mm-hmm. Obviously, um, at, at some point, it's like something got to change, and um, 
So we end up moving to Stockton, California, and from there, me and her just parted ways. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's very expensive. Mm-hmm. Stockton, California is not as expensive as the immediate part of Bay Area, but it's just as expensive. Yeah. Um, I would say the cost of living in Stockton, California is the same as living in Joliet. Yeah. It's, it's pretty high. So just to go back during that time of struggling with having a home, living in the car, the shelters, like how do you, how did you feel as a as a father? Like what was going through? So it's a lot of pressure yeah. because here I am supposed to be a provider. Yeah. Based on what the Bible says, mm-hmm. what Scripture says, um, and I'm very traditional. Yeah. Um, I'm a very traditional guy. I believe that man's supposed to be a provider and protector of his family. Yeah. But how could a man provide if he can't provide? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like I wasn't looking for work. It wasn't like I wasn't trying to go to work. Yeah. First off, it costs money to make money. Yeah. Um, especially in, the, in today's economy. Um, but it's fair. It's not easy to come by, mm-hmm. especially when you don't have a job. Yeah. Uh, and since all the jobs are so scarce, because I'm and I'm very, I'm in a very dense, very overly populated area. Mm-hmm. If I could get a, a job, I'm am taking it. Yeah. So the first job offered me, I take it because I had no choice. So I often found myself. But you you did have a choice, and you took it like that. That in itself is is so incredible. But see, but the thing is, it was it was. Hard, yeah. Because I'm like, I got the credentials as a chef, but here I am working as a cashier at a gas station. Yeah. Here I am scrubbing toilets, and you know, I'm working at a fast food place, and I'm not even cooking the food. I'm just making a sandwich and putting it around. Here you go, work number one. Yeah. You know, I'm not in, even in a fine dining restaurant. What I'm skilled at. Mm-hmm. I was I was trained to be a fusion art chef. Yeah. I was trained to work on cruise ships and resorts and high end restaurants. But here I am working minimum wage, mm-hmm. barely making it. And at twelve dollars an hour, it's hard to feed one person, let alone five. Yeah. Or six. Yeah. And then have to go to work. You have to have a cell phone because we got kids. You got to have a way of contact. You got to take the kids to school. Um, my oldest son, he was special needs. He's, uh, he was a high functioning autism. And um, caring for him and then my, his siblings was hard because mm-hmm. the schools that he could go to, they couldn't go to. Mm-hmm. So his their schools will be about five miles apart from each other. Um he get to get to be on school bus, but my other kids couldn't. Yeah. So I would have to take my kids to school every day myself, and put gas in my car. Gas is like four or five bucks mm-hmm. a gallon. It's like I'm barely making it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm barely even able to get put gas. In my, it was times where I had to pull to a gas station in front of a pump and just pray that someone helped me. Mm-hmm. You know, it was times where I had to, hey sir, I got kids. You know, I just need help. I'm just trying to get four miles on the road. He spare some change. I can put gas in my car. There was times when I had to lift my my carpet up my couch and flip things up. I would go for long walks, just look for pennies on the ground, just so I could have money to put in my kids. Mm-hmm. My, my car, just get my kids to school. Um, 
close to the food pantry sometimes when not able to go um, because it's hard to keep yeah. groceries on top of that. Um, yeah. I was receiving food stamps, but because the cost of living, we had to sell it just to pay our rent. And then we had no food. Then mm-hmm. we had to start the process all over again. Every month was like, and then it comes like, oh, Lord, here come rent. Here come that rent. Here yeah. come this. Here come that bill. Here come that bill. Like I said, it got to a point where it became too much. Um, so me and my ex-wife, we uh, separated. Mm-hmm. And I had a choice, either stay in Stockton, California, and or move. Yeah. So I ended up working, started working security. I was working at several nightclubs and bars and stuff like that. I remember I went to a guy. Um, he... Uh, he pulled into pulled into a bar in Rolls Royce, mm-hmm. and I'm like, man, that's a nice car. He said, man, he said you can have this too. I said, man, stop playing with me. That's a Rolls Royce, you know. <laughs> I'm barely, I had to walk here. Um, he yeah. said, no, man. He said, no, I'm not joking. You can have this. He said, if you really want this, you can get it. I said, but how? He said, well, first you want to move. I said, what? What do you mean? He said, he said, what's your name? I said, my name's Jamal. He said, well, be honest with you. You're from here, right? I said, yeah. That's, that's all I know. All I know is the struggle. All I know it was where I'm from. And he said, well, I live in Louisville, Kentucky. I said, Louisville, Kentucky? What the? <laughs> right, and I said, what's out there besides cows? And you know, I don't know. You know. I don't know. I'm a city boy, so I don't know yeah. what they don't show on TV, basically. And, um, and when he was saying that, all I thought was uh, the Wizard of Oz and tornadoes and <laughs> stuff like that. I'm like, dude, dude, I ain't trying to go out there with no tornadoes at. <laughs> no, man, he said, it's not like that. He said, yes, tornadoes out there, but it's not as as what it, as, as you think it will be. Yeah. Said, man, I moved here. I moved out of, uh, he said, I lived in San Francisco. I lived, left San Francisco 10, 15 years ago, and now I bought, I own two houses. I said, well, what do you do? He said, well, I, I'm a truck driver. I said, and that's where it begins, huh? I said, huh, okay. I said, well, I said, well, I can't do that. <laughs> Me as a truck driver, nah, man. It's like, okay. But then, I mean, my ex-wife, we've officially separated. And, and I was in tears because I knew I had to do something that I didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. So I grew up, grew up without a father. Mm-hmm. I grew up not having a dad. Um, but I felt that time... I was hurting my kids more by me staying mm-hmm. because I'm struggling and I'm not able to provide for them. And I'm taking from my kids that I cannot give them. Mm-hmm. And so I was actually playing my PS4. I was playing Call of Duty and I talked to my friends and, and one of my friends was telling me about Illinois. She said, well, her name's Keisha. She said, Jamal, wait, <clears throat> well, you really want to start over um, you should consider moving to the central central Illinois. I was like, what is that? I never heard of that. And she's like, well, you can move to Rantoul. I said, Rantoul? What is Rantoul? She said, I looked it up. I said, this thing says it only has 500 people here. What is that? <laughs> she said, yeah, yeah so there's more than that. I said, it says, but it said population 500 people. I said, is there a hospital there? She said, well, yeah. Then she said, well, well, then again, Jamal, it's a UA. You're from Oakland, right? I said, yeah. You're a city boy. Yeah, he said, oh, but you're from Oakland. A 
place like Rank 2 would not be good for you because it's too slow. She said, I wouldn't recommend you going to Chicago because it's too dangerous. So yeah, but you're from Oakland, so you're used to it. But putting you in that area, that's going to put you back backwards than where you're trying to go. Mm-hmm. So she said, well, um, boom to normal might be good for you. I said, what, the heck, what in the heck is a boom to normal? <laughs> Said this Bloomington is normal. I said, wait. <laughs> said there's a Bloomington, city of Bloomington, and the city of normal. Hmm. Who named a city normal? <laughs> yeah. Like that's just the most unnormalest thing I ever heard in my life. <laughs> yeah. Like that just don't make no sense. And she said, Well, well, there's more opportunity here, especially as a black man, for you to get back on your feet. So yeah, it's gonna take you a little time. But if you persevere and, and go through, and, and you know, persevere, you'll find yourself back on your feet. So, um, when I left California, I had only five hundred dollars in my name, mm-hmm. um, and that was in two thousand eighteen, March two thousand eighteen. Um, so I left March 29th, two thousand eighteen. I bought a one way Greyhound ticket. Um, I took a Greyhound. It brought me to L.A. from Stockton, from L.A. to Las Vegas, to Utah City. I never heard of Utah City before. <laughs> and I remember going to Utah, and I seen a couple of time of weeks going on the road. I said, I will never want to come back here again. <laughs> and I went to some rest stop, and I seen a, a wagon on top of a roof. I said, oh, I'm not coming back here again. And then I seen snow for the first time. Wow. I'm like, I'm asking people, I'm like, what is that? You know, I've never seen it before. Yeah. Like, oh, that's snow. Well, that's what it looks like? Yeah. So don't worry, it'll be more. I said, for real? <laughs> so I was excited. Barrington got off the bus. There was no snow. It was Aww. just dirt. Sand. Yeah. It was hot outside. I was like, but it was, I see snow. So you get in the mountaintop. Wait till you get to Denver. So went to Denver and, and there was snow everywhere and I'm like, man, this is beautiful. This is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. That's The guy was like, man, we hate ice. I got my man snowing in. I said, man, you don't understand. I seen. I grew up watching the Christmas Story. Yeah. You know, and Home Alone, and I always, as a kid, wanted to experience that. Mm-hmm. Never my like seen it before. Don't even know what it is. Yeah. At the time, I had on flip flops and short pants, <laughs> and a tank top. You know, he's like, dude, you're not dressed for winter. I said, well, I'm from California. We don't have this. So, yeah. you know, we don't have this where I'm from. So I don't know. Um, and so I finally stepped. Uh, first time I actually stepped in snow, I was in um, Des Moines, Iowa. Iowa. First time in Iowa. And I, I, I had my socks on and my, my flip-flops and I stepped my foot in it. I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And a guy walked by and he said, man, you crazy. I said, what do you mean? You out here, where's your shoes at? I said, I'm, I got them on. He said, nah, man. Where you from? I said, I'm from Oakland. He said, oh, never mind. <laughs> and then um, I, when I finally came to um, Bloomington Normal, um, at the time, I only had $100 left in my name. Mm-hmm. I food. I got trapped in Denver because the roads, because it was a blizzard or something happened in Nebraska and the roads shut down and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I'm like, they can shut down roads. I didn't know they could do that. Because, mm-hmm. um, um, again, these this is things they don't t- show on news on where I'm from. Yeah. Ever. All they show is heavy storms, blizzards, and people digging themselves out of cars and stuff like that. That's all I saw. Sure. I didn't know that they shut down roads, too. And, yeah. You know, 
I never heard of black ice before. Mm-hmm. Never heard of of uh, whiteouts. Never heard, I didn't know that it was such a thing. Mm-hmm. And um, um, so when I got to uh, um, Bloomington, because I only had a hundred dollars in my name, I finally got off the bus out to Uptown Station. I stepped out with all my luggage, and I had two duffel bags, which is clothes and shoes, and I had a toothbrush and my cell phone. That's all I had on me. Mm-hmm. And I stepped down. It's like I'm here. Now what? And so my friend Keisha said, "Jamal, you get in town. Um, make sure you call the Salvation Army so you have shelter." So I called the Salvation Army ahead of time, mm-hmm. and they said, "They had well, we may have a bed for you here. There's no promises. It's one time. Just come when you can. But we have a date for you to come in." So it was. It was actually April 2nd, the day I was about to check on the Salvation Army. I got there March 29th, two days early. Okay. So I had nowhere to go. Mm. Um, so because I only had $100 in my name, and I found I went to punchline.com and found a hotel, and I went to the casino stay for a day, two days, um, and stayed there for two days. I was the one on South Veteran. Veteran Parkway, called a cab over there, and I remember seeing the snow. I was like, "Okay, this is pretty cool." Woke up the next day, the snow was gone. I was like, "What the?" Where did it go? And I walked. I asked the lady, "So what happens to the snow?" I said, "It melt." What do you mean melt? <laughs> it went away. I said, it melted. I said, "Wait, but I ain't just to see the snow. I ain't even check the jersey yet." Like in my mind, I wanted to make a snowman. I wanted to make a snow angel. I <laughs> throw a snowball. I seen all that on TV. I want to enjoy that stuff. Yeah. Um, but it was gone. And that was the last time I saw the snow. Um, so I, when I called the Salvation Army, they told me, well, in order if you come come checking in here, you you have to go to the police station and have them run your name for warrants. I said, you want me to do what? You want me to go to where? You, wait, you want me, a black man, to go to the police station in front of all these cops? They had to run my name for warrants to get a police card or, or clearance card. I said, what if I had warrants? Well, you get arrested. Well, why would I want to do that for <laughs> That don't make no sense. I know I'm good. But yeah. So all this, what I'm going through, I'm going through prayer, and I'm praying and praying yeah. and praying. I'm on the phone my mom, my cousin, saying, you know, I, I'm doing this by faith. I'm mm-hmm. coming out here by faith. I don't know what God has in store for me. I don't know what this is going to happen. I don't know if this is going to be successful or not, but I'm just coming out here for an opportunity. Um, so I stayed in the Salvation Army for almost a year. Okay. Um, so my first job, I was working for a company called Real Quick Express. Um, I was a commercial driver for them. It's a little small vans. It's, it's a transport driver for the rail crew, and I was going across the country. Well, not the whole country, but parts of the country and um, to the rail yards. And they gave me Garmin and GPS, and they didn't give me addresses. They gave me Jeep uh, coordinates. Oh, wow. Okay. So I had to type the coordinates into the Jeep Garmin and follow it wherever it took me. It was taking me to cornfields and stuff like that. And and I was thinking, like, dang, i seen this on a scary movie. Because um, I've never seen cornfields either. Yeah. The last time I seen a cornfield was on the movie Children of Corn. Mm. And every scary movie I've seen had a, had a cornfield on it. And I'm thinking, like, God, please don't let no weirdo come out here. Oh, no. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I don't know. You know, so yeah. it was, uh, 
It was a good experience. So first, so the first I drove was I went to O'Hare Airport, picked the guy up. Then went all the way to the airport in Memphis. I'm like, this is stupid. Why am I picking a guy from the airport just to take him to another airport? <laughs> you couldn't. He just flew. Yeah, <laughs> flew. But it, it was what it was. Sure. You know, um, um, so that was my first taste as a commercial driver. Um, through and I, did you know at this point, living at the Salvation Army, like you wanted to pursue a driving career? based off of that encounter with the man with the Rolls Royce? Not at, off bat, um, but it, it, at living in California, of course, driving from Oakland every now and then going to L.A. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I got used to driving long distances. Okay. I was yeah. used to driving for long hours at a time. Mm-hmm. And so it got easy. Um while I was walking around town, I kept seeing commercial uh, CDL hiring CDL drivers. Yeah, this is and um, and um, I've been seeing a car on Market Street saying we're not hiring school bus drivers. This is that. I was like, okay, God, I keep seeing this everywhere, so I'm going to go ahead and try. So I called the number, I put my application in, mm-hmm. went to DMV, and they said we can't let you get to CDL. Why not? Because your address. We can't. The law says you cannot be a be hold a TBO if you are transient. Are right, you? I said, but what if I said no? We can't use that. It has to be an actual address that the federal government could come and arrest you at. Okay. I'm like, that's She said that was under the Patriot Act. I said, so you tell me I can't get a CDO? No. In the time I was still homeless. Mm. Um, um, so I ended up uh, leaving uh, Red Cruise Express because of medical, re- medical issues. Um, kind of found out I had sleep apnea. Okay. I didn't even know I had it. Yeah. And um, I couldn't get a medical card because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I had sleep studies and got my mask, my machine, and stuff like that. And, and I ended up going from the Salvage Army. I ended up staying at the uh, River Inn. I was working at the Chuck okay, gas station. And I kept talking to the truck drivers, coming and doing deliveries. And the one of the guys who uh, I talked to, um, he's uh, he was one of the marketing guys for uh, Lakeshore Beverage. Mm-hmm. And he kept saying, man, he said, Jamal, man, did you work yesterday? I said, yeah. He said, I could tell. I said, how? He said, because his store is a lot better than it was, was before you got here. I said, what do you mean? He said, I could go back there and, and see your impact versus when you're not working. He said, see, before you got to the store, this store was in shambles. The store was was was, was, was horrible. Uh-huh. And I got here, the store's clean, everything's put together. He said, literally, all the stuff that I would normally have to put on the shelf is already on the shelf. It's already stuffed. And already, said, all I have to do is come in and move, move boxes and go, and go about my day. Made my word and go about my day, and mm-hmm. um, the marketing manager for uh, Circle K came in and gave me a, uh, gave me a, a little medallion and for pay raise. And yeah, we noticed your work ethic was um, making our job easier for for our, for our, our vendors. And but the guy was saying, man, he kept saying, Jamal, you're better than this. Mm-hmm. You you way you way more better than this. Guy has some more some better for you. Um, he said. I said, whenever you need to, he gave me the business card. 
Um, he was a recruiter for them, Lakeshore Beverage. See, if you ever get your CDL, call me. Wow. I said, okay. Of course, I didn't get it immediately because yeah. I couldn't, because um, um, I was in the hotel, couldn't get mail there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was my pastor's, the pastor's wife was talking to me. She said, Jamal, you're paying $400 a week just to stay in the hotel room. He said, that's more than what people are paying, paying per month for rent. He said, so you're paying over well over $1,500 a month just to stay in the hotel. Not every dime I got as and my paycheck at the gas station went to my room. Mm-hmm. I, I had no food. I can get on a bus. I just had enough to pay my room. Yeah. Um, so... I, I finally bit the bullet and I said, okay, I'm again step out on faith again. And I ended up going to Home Sweet Home Mission. Um, stayed there. Um, it was a guy, big guy, I can't remember his name, but well, he was talking about truck, truck driving in. He said, yeah, yeah, I used to work at Snyder, this and that, and I'm this and that. And he kept uh, talking about drug driving, this and that. And I asked him, I said, well, what, what, what can you see? What was it hard? He said, no. Just, he gave me a CDL book. See here, if you want to get your CDL, start reading. Okay. And so I'm like, okay, God, okay, this is what this is it. So I start reading and this and that, and then I still couldn't get my get a CDL because I was homeless still. Mm-hmm. Um, the director at Home Street Homeless just said, "Well, we realize, Jamal, you're not from here." We keep forgetting you're not from here. You said so you never had a place. You don't have any evictions in your name. Nothing. You don't have nothing to even go by off of. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're gonna help you get a place. So mm-hmm. they say Jamal, we need you to go and find an apartment. I said okay. And at the time, I had a, a, a broken hand. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was working so hard at work, I, I actually snapped my, my tendon in my, in my, in my wrist. Um, it hurts. It's really painful. Yeah. It's really painful. Um, but I was still going to church. I was still playing drums. I was still involved in ministry, still driving the church van because at mm-hmm. the time I was driving a church van, I was still uh, going to work faithfully, um, still praying, still worshiping, still reading my Bible. Um, I was still putting God before myself, before everything. So pay my, you know, everything I'm supposed to do. And so I found a little apartment on Facebook Marketplace. And I'm like, okay, okay whatever. Show them, the, show them the case manager with the apartment. Uh, later that day, I came back, they called me into the office. I'm, something, I'm in trouble. <laughs> um, and they said, hey, here's Jamal, here's the keys. Wow. I said, what? Hey, we're going to take you to your place. Mm-hmm. And they took me to my apartment and showed me my place around, and I was I was in tears because I was. It was in 2019, November 17, 2019. I've been struggling and struggling and struggling mm-hmm. trying to get to the right point where I can finally start um, better myself. Yeah. Um. 
again, as I can say, I'm still at the gas station. I'm still scrubbing toilets and still cleaning gas pumps and still making sure people don't like cigarettes at a gas pump. Like, <laughs> Dude, what are you doing? Yeah. Right? And um, still dealing with uh, drunk people and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And still trying to maintain my posture, my, my sanity while still struggling, hungry at times, not with no food, no money. Um, it's by God, God's grace that God kept me in this position that I, I'm in. Mm-hmm. Um, so while I was working at um, Circle K still, and I, and I was saying, you know what? I found my place now. Okay, Jamal, I need you to go ahead now and go after something that God told you to do. Mm-hmm. Cause my mom always told me, when you hear the same thing over and over again, just that that means it's something that you need to pay attention to. So four different times, four different people told me to get my CDL. Yeah. That was in Stockton, and three times in, in Illinois. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found a car uh, to first student. So I thought it was. Um, there was, I didn't know it was two bus companies. I sure. knew the buses. So I, I applied for first student. Um, got hired, and they said, "Well, we're gonna start you off at seventeen dollars an hour. Get your CDL, this and that. But the first week is unpaid." And I was like, "Oh God, unpaid!" But at the time, I was only making nine dollars an hour. Okay, wow. And so that was a huge lead. Yeah. And it's around December two thousand nineteen. That's when I left for Circle K. I went to my, my assistant manager in my job and asked her, you think this is the right decision? Because I'm the lawyer by default. Um, and so I was afraid of disappointing my job to go after a higher paying job. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I didn't want to leave them high and dry. Yeah. But at the same time, I still have responsibilities. I still have kids to take care of. Yeah. As a you know, as a dad, I still gotta take care of myself, still got bills to pay. Um and she said, Jamal, if I was you, I'd take it. So you work too hard. You you've come so far for you to, to not go. And I remember a guy in my church, um, he went to CDO school and he became a truck driver. Mm-hmm. He went to went to Heartland and um through news bomb training. Mm-hmm. He told me, Jamal, don't settle. He said, whatever you do, don't settle. Mm. He said, Damon, you have the potential to be the greatest person ever, but every time you stop and settle, you diminish yourself. Mm. Don't settle. So I called the number and said, got hired. Then went to CDL training um, to tell me how to drive a school bus. So for two and a half years, I've been driving school buses. Okay. Um, driving kids around and stuff like that and, um, and then one of my managers came in saying they called me in the office and said Jamal we was going over your resume and we think you are so you have a customer service background I said yeah I do hmm you look like you have sales too I said yeah I do I, I work cashiering and stuff like that but I said what was intriguing the fact that you was a chef so I said, yeah, what does, so where are you going? He said, well, you have, I said, have you thought, ever thought about recruiting? I said, what? No. I said, well, we want, we want to see, uh, we're going to pay you to see if you could 
you can help us bring some employees in. Uh, the pay is only $13 an hour, whatever, but it's, it's a steady income for you, especially during the summertime. I said, okay, I'm going to go with it because me applying for unemployment, I didn't like it. Sure, Because yeah. I, I, I just don't like the government telling me how much I can make and cannot make. Yeah. I know it's necessary, but I want to feel like a man yeah. and, and do my do it my way. So I went out recruiting, and my first day on the job as a recruiter, I remember it was a party at Franklin Park in, in Bloomington, and with a crowd of people, and it was I was I was still in training, and I walked up to the group and handed them all flyers, and. And the guy said, well, I'm retiring. And I said, well, no, man, it's so cool. I said, but hey, you know, if you ever get bored, come work for us. Uh, the next day, I get a phone call from my boss. He said, I need to talk to you right now. And I'm like, uh-oh. Um, what did I do? Next I know, Chris Coyle was the regional manager for Unify, for first student was there. Mm-hmm. And a superintendent of Unified School District was there. And I'm thinking, like, oh, I did something. I'm going to get fired. Oh, no. I said, Jamal. What did you do yesterday? I said, nothing. I, I just did what you guys told me to do, go recruit. I said, did you know who you were talking to yesterday? I said, what do you mean? So said, did you go to a party at a park yesterday? I said, yeah. He said, Jamal, did you know you just recruited my boss? I said, what? That's what Chris Coyle said. Jamal, the, that party, that retirement party you was at, I said, yeah, that was the retiring superintendent for Unified School District. And the guy who we were talking to was the vice president of first group. That was the boss's boss. <laughs> he said, because what I did was I walked up to him and he said, well, young man, I'm too old. I don't know how to use cell phone. So I grabbed my phone and I showed him how to use, put an application. I had him put application on the spot and I walked away. And then, and, then, and then I put... At the time, I put got thirteen people put applications on the spot. Of course, they didn't need ten ten come work for first because they were all the bosses. Yeah, for Unify, <laughs> <laughs> right? So they were, they were all head of transportation. Wow! And I didn't know that that they were the. You know, I just saw them as a person who could possibly want to come work here. You know, and sure. I, I, I explained to them, hey, you know, you can come bring your kids to work. You could do this. You could do this, and. and and they asked me, well, how you like? I said, well, I like it. It's, it's, it's a different experience. You know, with all experiences come, come new trials and error. But I think with that trials and error, it's going to make a difference out of you as a person. Um, and, of course, you know, if you ever need help, I'm here. I'm always going to be here to help you and talk to you about how to do your job correctly and what you should look for when you're in certain situations. And I did not, like I said, I did not know <laughs> the vice president of first group who all the way to Ohio to do a, a, a going away party for the at, at the time he, he had just retired uh, as a superintendent unified school district yeah um so they said chris coyle said well we liked the, how you handled yourself it was perfect it was on a, on a spot um i need you um in two weeks from now, I'm gonna have you come to my to my district. So he had me go to Lincoln, Illinois, mm-hmm. and at that time, they needed forty drivers. Okay. And so I went out there, and I just helped them. I helped them get twenty five drivers. Wow. And then they sent me to Galesburg. Galesburg needed sixteen. I kind of found out 
the problems of Galesburg location and I brought up to my boss locations, hey, it's not that this location can't get employees. The guy who's in charge is actually, actually not hiring these people because of their color of their skin. I said, this one person um, showed me his application and said he was not qualified. I said, wait, how is he not qualified? He's of age. He doesn't have any records. He never been in an accident, never had a DUI, nothing. So how is he not qualified? Because mm-hmm. the, the, at that time, the location manager there, he didn't want to hire no one. Um, he, he only wanted to hire his buddies. Mm-hmm. And so, I was, of course, I had to report that to my boss. Say, hey, this is why this location is having problems with finding groups of people. Yeah. And so they changed it. That guy got demoted and now they have a surplus of drivers. Wow. It's to the point where they can't hire nobody. Okay. I went to um they didn't say, okay, well we need to go to Rantoul. So I went to Rantoul. First time Rantoul. Rantoul needed eight drivers and seventeen bus monitors. I was able to help them get the get the that their numbers wow. up plus candidates for Urbana Champagne. And then for our location, we needed at the time 35 drivers. I was able to help them get 25 drivers. Wow. Um, so I had fun because it was fun for me mm-hmm. because it wasn't because I saw it as a job. I saw it as a me helping someone else get an opportunity I didn't have. Yep. I saw opportunity for someone else to get up, get, get their, you know, to get ahead. Yeah. And I explained to him, I said, man, especially the young guys, said, man, you realize if you have your CDL, you know how many opportunities is there for you and this and that. And, and I showed them. Then I would show them, say, hey, that's what you keep me making. I show my paycheck. That's what you keep me making. And that was always the number one seller. Mm-hmm. And and I always told my bosses, I say, the reason why we can't get employees in because you work in your own way. If you get out your own way, you'll find the, the gems um, that you need. You'll mm-hmm. find those pl- people in places that you never think about mm-hmm. because you're too busy looking at places that you think is what is needed, the demographic. Yeah. I said, I'm coming to you from a place where, from, from the struggle. And there's people out here really struggling, but they don't have no way to get to the point where you need to be at because they don't have a way to get there. Mm-hmm. If you provide the bridge for them, they'll come to you. Yeah, and so that's what we did. Instead of us, you know, just hoping job fair at the location, I said, "You do realize there is not a bus that come over here, right?" Mm-hmm. So people, a lot of people here don't have cars. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. What if we create a carpool system for them to get to work? What if we had a little school bus to come pick them up first in the morning, bring them to work, right? Uh, at the time, they say kids could come to work, but. It, they had to be walking. I said, but you know how many people are, who kids are in car seats? Mm-hmm. These buses have seat belts. There's no reason why these par- this parent could come and bring their child in a bus with a, in a car seat so they could do their job. Let them do their job. And guess what? You'll find these employees behind that wheel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they changed it, and now they have more drivers. Uh, recently, um, and I was again referring back to here. Mm-hmm. I still felt the need to go further because yeah. I've driven up and down Illinois and there were all kind of mayhem on the road, kids fighting on the bus. And, 
always felt a boy because I could never get out of my head about the first thing that I told me he said, man, would you get your CD up and become a truck driver? Yeah. And since I'm by myself, I'm like, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, um, I was in, um, I ended up flying out to Palm Springs to a, uh, for a church conference. And uh, I was talking to one of the guys out there, and um, he was telling me, Jamal, he said, Jamal, so you got to refocus your purpose. Mm-hmm. And I said, what do you mean by that? He said, you got to refocus it. What you what you what your goals are? What was your real goals are? What what are your values? And I explained to him. He said, "Well, you drove a van. You drove a bus. What's stopping you from driving a truck?" Mm-hmm. I said, "Nothing really." He said, "So why aren't you?" Well, during in 2019, COVID happened. Yeah. Um. So I did try once before, but the funding for for the school was was not reachable, mm-hmm. attainable. So when we went to the unemployment office to get uh, help to pay for class, they were not available. Mm-hmm. Um, Heartland wasn't really available for, for classes either. Cause I would go to Heartland and the doors were locked. Oh. Um, um, so I tried. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't get there. And I tried to go to DMV. DMV would not let people in the doors for a long mm-hmm. time. And then it went to where they'll let you in doors, but you have to have an appointment just to come in the door in advance. And, like, I'm just trying to take a test. I'm just trying to get this done, trying to get that done. But, no, but then they would have you waiting these long lines outside if you was a— you know, you know, just showing up to show up, and those lines be long. And you know how hard it is to stand outside. And it's hot, so hot outside you can't breathe. Ugh. It's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> it's horrible. And then, because there is no restroom around, mm-hmm. you gotta think: Do I go use a bathroom, or do I lose my place in line? Yeah. And people nowadays are not kind. Mm-hmm. So you can leave the, to go relieve yourself and come back, and you're, you're backing in the line. So. I kept stopping myself, kept stopping myself. I kept seeing news bomb trucks. Mm-hmm. I kept seeing the graphic trucks. I kept seeing the purpose driven. I kept seeing all these things. And I'm like, man, I now need to go to the next place. Mm-hmm. So I actually left for a student. I went to work for Connect Transit. So I was working in Mass Transit. And um, one of the guys in my class was telling me, because he left trucking because he had a newborn. And he was telling me, Man, Jamal, I think you the one person here that could be a truck driver and be successful. Um, and he was, I think he was, I think he worked at Snyder. Mm-hmm. I was at FedEx. But he was telling me, yeah, man, you could go for it. Just go for it. And again, I was doing COVID. And I couldn't get to course done and stuff like that. And so this year, or last year, excuse me, after uh, Palm Springs, it's like I was... Reawoken, my mind was rewoken, and I remember the guy telling me about the church to not settle. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I looked at myself and said, Jamal, you have settled because it got so easy for you. Now you settled. Yeah. So I put my application in for News Bomb. Um, I wasn't expecting a phone call 
that quick. Mm. But it was like less than a day. I got a phone call. I was middle, you're head of the middle of a route. Yeah. You think it is? And I said, oh, sure. Why not? So I'm like, and I'm. Who, who was the one that called? Uh, it was Caleb. Caleb called me. Okay. Um, again, I was still skeptical, like yeah. I was with first and skeptical. So I'm seeing, get, walking around and asking my coworkers, like, do you think I should apply to this? And I said, dude, why are you asking me to come here? So my first, actually my first time seeing a news bomb truck, I was on a field trip. Um, I was at, we took a group of high school band kids to Belleville High School in mm-hmm. um, Belleville, Illinois, near uh, St. Louis. Sure. And one of the drivers, her name was Lola. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I remember her because she said, she said, she got on my bus, she said, Wait, I know you. Yeah, how you doing? You, you don't remember me, huh? I said, I do. I know I've seen your face somewhere before. She so, said, so I used to work there at first, too. You just, so, so remember, you were the one that I, I said hello to. I opened the door for you first walked through the door. I said, oh, yeah, that was you. Yeah. And she said, how you been? This and that. I said, I'm pretty good. And she was like, oh. and I said, I said, she said, I said what are you doing now? She said, I drive, I drive the semi. I was just trying to say, you, wait, you try that? And she she's a small girl, you know? Yeah. I like, you try that shit? Yeah. I said, for real? And um, so she let me she let me get up, and I walked on I walked up on the step and looked inside. I said, that's pretty cool in there. Yeah. She said, Jamal, it's not hard. She said, driving this bus here is like driving one of, one of the hydraulic buses. Mm-hmm. I said, for real? She said, yeah, it's similar. I said, but it's air brakes, but it feels the same. Yeah. I said, oh, I could do that. And then another guy. He used to work at first, his name was Scott. And uh, I remember he left and came back. He had his news bomb ja- jacket on. I'm like, oh, that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. I wish we get that. We got to wear these stupid safety vests. <laughs> <laughs> you know. And, and now here you are today with the whole news bomb gear on. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it was probably with nylon safety vest. When you're on a school bus, when you're you walking down the seats, those seats going to rub against that nylon vest. So as you go touch any metal part, you're going to get shot. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not getting shot. <laughs> I got tired of that. I got tired of sweeping up food on the floor. I'm like, why are y'all getting these kids oranges, and beans, and rice? Why who give kids beans and rice on the bus? Yeah. Dry beans and rice. Don't do that. Don't get the kids food. Like, don't do that. And mm-hmm. but I appreciate the information she gave me, and um, it was so kind. So when I was in school with the Heartland, um, my first time going to college. Um, actual college, yeah, and it was it was pretty cool. I went to first. I went to the wrong building. Okay. So the building they shared on the map was not the building I thought it was. Mm-hmm. So I walked in the building. And I'm like, okay, this is not it. So I'm like, oh man, I'm about to get fired before I can start. <laughs> it was like that. And I, I mean, it was just school, right? Yeah. yeah. But see, you know how long it's been. I graduated high school in 2004. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time. Yeah. So I sat in there, and um, you know, the first thing I appreciated was the tables and seats. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, thank you. I can, my fast enough to sit down in the seats. Because um, I'm ready for a student. They have this little student desk. I'm like, this oh, is no. not. This is not right. <laughs> it's not right at all. Yeah. So I appreciate that, and I met Jeff and uh, stuff like that. And was, he kept going, my cage mom. You're not driving a school bus. It's not the bus. It's a lot different. Yeah. There's lots okay. of the stuff that that you're. You don't have to do like you did on the school bus. Yeah. Well, to go back and rewind, where like 
so you talked to Caleb and what was like that conversation like and were you nervous at all to accept the position actually I think at that time I was more prepared for it okay because this was something that was I've been working towards yeah um me working security, mm-hmm. me working as a chef, um, me driving up and down California coast, me traveling from California, going through Utah, mm-hmm. uh, excuse me, going through California, Nevada, Utah, Nebraska, Iowa to here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got a chance to see a lot of the land prior to me coming here on the, on a bus. Yeah. Not driving, but on a bus. Mm-hmm. Me driving um, from in advance going to God knows where and God knows places I've never seen before, even heard of yeah. before. Uh, experiencing weather I've never seen before. Um, driving buses and stuff like that. Then with all kind of chaos all at the mm-hmm. same time on bus and on my bus while at the same time watching the road and making sure I'm driving safely and yeah. doing that at the same time. Watching cars and checking my mirrors constantly and yeah. and it's just incredible because, yeah, if in the moment when you're experiencing all these different trials and struggles and and questions, but it's hard to know like what God's doing, but then you can sit here today and you can look back and you can say, like, he was preparing me for this. Mm-hmm. So that's and, see, cool. and you never know what God has for you. Mm-hmm. The thing is, what God has for you, you have to go for it. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like Jonah in the well, mm-hmm. right? I'm not saying, comparing my life to Jonah, but when you are when you don't obey what God asks you to do, God gonna put you through trials that you're not prepared for. Mm-hmm. And every time Jonah disobeyed God, God put him through more trials and more trials and more issues mm-hmm. till he had no choice but to go to God. Mm-hmm. Every, and every time you you just disobey God. It's not just you is affected. It's everybody around you also get affected by it, too. Yeah. You know, and I realized that it was by God that gave me the information to come here in the first place. Because mm-hmm. like I said, I was going through the worst. I was going through so much, and I could easily gave up. Yeah. I could easily been like the other people who have given up. You know, the woe is me attitude and just, why? You know what? What's the point? Yeah. But there is a point, you know, um, there's a progress that you have to go through. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, I can honestly say that hearing your story and that you fought to still earn an income and to support your kids, even in the midst of living in your car and homelessness means a lot to me because, um, I actually lost my dad to suicide because he struggled so much with debt and he was too ashamed to ever let us know that that was a problem. And so he saw suicide essentially as a way out for life insurance to take care of us. So to hear your story and to know that you were willing to go through those different trials to in the long run be able to care for your children is is just amazing. So, And, and even in my story too, I, I hold absolutely no bitterness or shame in the decision that my dad made because in the end through that decision I learned that Christ loved me so much that he gave his life for me to pay off my eternal debt Mm -hmm. and so whether whatever situation we're going through God can work all things for good for those who love him and who are called according to his purpose Mm -hmm. and so yeah I just hearing your story and knowing that you're you know fighting through these different things 
It's just it's really good to hear. And saying you never know what the average person is going through. Yeah. I'm quite sure I'm not the only truck driver on the road that has something similar or something worse mm-hmm. than what I have been going through. Yeah. I've been fortunate because I was given an opportunity to know who Christ was when I was a little kid. Yeah. My mom put me to church. My mom, she was an, she was an evangelist. My, mm-hmm. my uncles were my pastor. So I got that opportunity to be a, a part of it as a kid. I got it, that structured place in me early. Yeah. And every time I go through things, I have that to go back on. It's sad that some people don't get to have that. Mm-hmm. Some people don't have that uh, that internal love inside their heart, that yeah. internal God inside of them. We all got that God in us. God gave gave His breath to all of us to share, mm-hmm. right? Not to hold. You know, the Bible says, "I will pour out blessings so great that you have enough room to receive it." So the blessing that God gave me wasn't just for me; it was for all of us to share together. Mm-hmm. But some of us don't know how to tap into that blessing because we were never shown it in the first place. Yeah. You know, there's been a lot of people that I have met even at the shelter who parents were drug addicts, who parents were rapists and this and that, and they were drug addicts, they were uh, uh, mental PTSD, some of them were veterans and stuff like that, and they didn't have no alternative. They they made some a lot of bad choices because they had no choice. Mm -hmm. Even though I didn't have a choice, I made a choice to not do the wrong things. Mm-hmm. I made a choice to to be honest and be true to myself and, and, and honor God, honor my mom. Because the things that we do in life is you honor your parents. That's what mm-hmm. the Bible says, honor not parents, right? Mm-hmm. But how do you honor your parents? You honor your parents by how you live your life, mm-hmm. how you make your decisions. Your decisions that you make matters, yeah. right? If I decide to make a right-hand turn, right, onto a road that's busy, how am I going to turn into that road? I got to make the choice whether or not it's safe or not. Mm-hmm. That's my choice. It's my choice to break the law. Mm-hmm. It's my choice to obey the law. I chose to follow what God told me to do. Yeah. Even when I didn't know what's going to happen. Yeah. I didn't know nothing about Illinois. I mean, <laughs> matter of fact, I didn't even know there was other cities besides Chicago. Yeah. It, you know, in Illinois. You know, it's not like I went to a thesaurus or a uh, map and look, hey, let me go find Rain Tool and go find Bloomington Norman. No, yeah. I was, I was look to be trying to find a place to live, yeah. you know, or food to eat. You know, that was my, my biggest thing. Yeah. But now I'm here now and I'm so grateful that, to, that God gave me a stable mind. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful that God gave me a stable foundation to start from. Yeah. Um, I dig in the church, back in church, and I'm grateful that my pastor and the saints, the saints had brought me in and treated me like family, even though I don't, they're not my family. Yeah. Even though sometimes, yeah, sometimes I do feel like I could be an outsider, mm-hmm. but they haven't treated me like that. They have embraced me. Yeah. Um, my pastor, um, him and his wife, um, the late Edith Campbell, she, uh, so they had two church vans. When I first got my apartment, they said, Jamal, you know what? We want to make sure that you're okay. Mm. Um, we we want to give you one of the church vans to drive around for your own. 
just just take the letters off the church van and it's yours. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have to pay for it. They just gave me the pink slip as it was. And I thank God for that. I thank God that God allowed them to bless me even though they didn't have to. Yeah. Right? The information that people give me, they didn't have to give it to me. Mm-hmm. That guy in, in, in Stockton had to tell me about moving to the, to the Midwest. But I thank God for that decision for me to move here. Yeah. You know, the Bible says, uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 19, by one man's disobedience, all were made sinners. Mm-hmm. By one man's obedience, all were made righteous. So that being said, every time I make the decisions to obey what God asks me to do, I'm going to help others yeah. around me. Yeah. Right? And it's like that old story about the lighthouse, you know, how we got to be the lighthouse for Christ. got to be the lighthouse for people to see you. Mm-hmm. Right? So my actions matter. You know, what I do matters. Um, so when I came to News Bomb, I was at awe um, at the level of attention I've received. Mm. When I first walked through the door, I'm like, this is this a truck company? Is this is a resort? <laughs> what is this? Right? And I was I was telling my girlfriend, I said, babe, I don't, I had never seen this before. She said, What do you mean? There was fresh fruit, there was a, a barbecue pit, a lake outside, a little pond outside. I have never seen this before. I've always seen the worst. Mm-hmm. I've always experienced the worst. Mm-hmm. And I got so used to it, I got I became numb to it. Mm-hmm. I got so numb to people just treating me like dirt, mm-hmm. you know, not having nothing. I got so comfortable comfortable with just surviving. Yeah. This is the first time in my life when I could experience living. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's nothing like it. But we gotta go through that test. We gotta go through that 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 trial and error. Yeah. We gotta go through that just so we can have a purpose mm-hmm. to move forward on. So when my kids are able to, to meet me, they can see the, the things I have, have been able to do for them. Yeah. Even if I'm not able to see them daily, mm-hmm. even though I'm not able to talk to them, they can see the foundation that I placed out in front of them. Would they be truck drivers? Who knows? Yeah. But I could say that I could do more for my kids now that I could ever do before. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, I'm grateful for the level of love I have received. It's crazy because every time I, I run into a new spawn truck driver, um, uh, it's been quite a few I ran to. Mm-hmm. They've all been so kind and so nice, and I'm not used to that either. <laughs> I said, I worked in the service industry. I'm used to people just talking to you like dirt, mm-hmm. you know, and still have to hold a composure and be professional and, and you know, the old ghetto version of myself, I want to cuss him out, mm-hmm. but I can't because I'm a, I'm a child of God. Yeah. So I said, God bless you anyway. You know, and I have to learn that even now, how I talk and how I carry myself. Yeah. How to constantly subject myself and be the right, to do the right thing. Yeah. Um, it's not easy. It's not easy because, you know, we all have our own issues. Mm-hmm. But if you do it, do it the way God intended you to do it, he will always bless you. Yeah. And that's the purpose of God giving us because he wants to bless us. He don't want to take from you. He want to give to you, mm-hmm. right? Where we just got to be obedient and, and press forward and, you know, and pray for others, you know. And so every time I see a truck driver, every time I see uh, a car, it doesn't matter. Every night when I end my shift, end my run, um, for the night, I pray. Mm-hmm. I pray for everybody. I pray for everything I've seen because you never know what people are going through. 
You never know what people are thinking of. I, I did commit, I did uh, contemplate suicide. Because mm-hmm. to me, it was, that was the easy way out. Mm-hmm. It's so much easier to just end everything here. Yeah. But I thank God for God. I thank God for him being that foundation that I need. Because sometimes that's all we got. Yeah. Right? Not saying that we don't have family, mm-hmm. but that's all, all we got is God. Mm-hmm. And we got to rely on him more. Even while we're going through adversity, we got to rely on him more. Even when we're going through grief, we got to rely on him more when we are going through things, whether it's good or bad. Yeah. And and that what keeps me sane. That's what keeps me moving forward. A person could come and do something terrible in front of me, and I could say to him, God bless you. Because in my heart, I have I have no hatred towards them. Mm-hmm. How, how, if I had hatred towards you, that means you are now controlling me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Only person controlling me is, is God of love. Mm. And so and that's why I want to tell people all the time, like, you know, and that's why I always say do the right thing because you never know uh, who you're teaching. Yeah. You know, who, who's watching you. You know, um, not too long ago, this little kid, I was at the Petro and Sawyer, mm-hmm. and I was pulling to, pulling into the into the fuel pump, and he was in another truck with his his, his dad, and he did this, <laughs> you know. So I obliged him, <laughs> and his dad's like, "Thank you, my son really loves our trucks." Uh, um, and for anyone that's just listening to audio, we gave the. And pull your horn sign. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Like, so seeing that, um, he's like, yeah, my, my, he's like, my, my son loves y'all trucks uh-huh. and stuff like that. I said, oh, I like our trucks too. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, sometimes I get mad when I had to pull a trailer with no graphics on. I'm like, dude, I don't want that. I want the one with the, with the, with the, with the face on it and the pictures <laughs> on it. I want that one. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, I look forward to those trailers um, because it makes me feel like I'm, I have a purpose more not to spread God's word more yeah in further distances mm-hmm. um yeah well a new trailer's coming out soon um the psalm series mm-hmm. I think it's the heavens declare the glories of God mm-hmm. um so that should be expected sometime soon well I can't wait <laughs> yeah I, I love the sign I think we have to pick it up from California like someone takes it from California to here so I think we're just waiting on a batch of deliveries yeah I remember I was driving out uh it was 51 I was in Hamilton I saw the sign on the billboard I'm like yes yes I saw my girl she said what is that I said better look at that she said oh that's that's good yeah so the uh, Christmas I wasn't expecting a car, gift from Bruce Bond but I forgot a little coffee mug and stuff like that the gift card the uh, little Christmas card on it so I mailed that to my mom aww cause my mom she loves stuff like that yeah and and so we ended up having a whole Bible study based off that scripture alone. Wow. And we was talking about the sand, you know, mm-hmm. how God purposed the sand for us. You know, how God uses sand to create other things. Yeah. Right? Excuse me. Sand could be used to create glass, mm-hmm. but it also could be used to refine things. Wow. And sometimes God got to put us in the sand to refine us just so we could look like the clean glass. Mm. So people can see Christ in us. Yeah. You know, and that's the whole thing about this whole purpose thing and, and stuff like that. And I, was, and I tell my mom all the time, I said, Mama, 
you know, I don't care what's going around you. Um, that peace is what you need, you mm-hmm. know. And and so I thank God for Newsbomb. I thank God for me being here. You know, have a Newsbomb shirt that I actually like. I like these shirts more. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, um, I never had a jacket with my name on before. Wow. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, it just. All this is just crazy. When I pull into the shop and they all just kind. Mm-hmm. I always take digs at the guy with the, the Green Bay Packers uh, cup because I'm a 49 er fan. You know, <laughs> I say, you know, I like you, but your team, oh man. <laughs> but you know, it's okay. Yeah, you know, it's okay because we all gonna be have our own different things. You know, mm-hmm. but the fact I could, I could call somebody and they say, hey, how you doing, Jamal? I like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know. To where I, I could call, like, hey, what do you want? I'm like, no, I'm supposed to be your person, your employee. Yeah. You know, we're supposed to have someone together all all on the same court. Mm-hmm. So I do appreciate that the most. Yeah. Wow. Well, it's just an incredible story. And you're, has it been, what, three, four months you've been here? About three, four months now. Okay. Um, and every day is a different experience for me. Yeah. Um, I ain't gonna lie. I wish I had a, a detailed camera, like a high definition camera, on my truck, so I could show people what the, the trees look like with the snow on top. Uh. Because again, I don't. Growing in California, I didn't get the sense to see none of that stuff. Yeah. So to me, I'm seeing this for the first time, mm-hmm. and I love it. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you ever have a rider with you, I can always take pictures for mm-hmm. you. So. <laughs> And I was thinking about saying, I don't know if a, if a GoPro camera will work that way. But I thought about it. I said, no, I'm probably one. Yeah. Probably wouldn't be as great. But yeah, but this is the landscape that God given us mm-hmm. that he paints for, for us to see every year. Yeah. You know, year four, four season year is something new. Yeah. And I appreciate that the most. Wow. Well, praise God that you're here. And thank you so much for sharing your story. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything that you'd like to leave everybody with, whether it's just like a verse, a word of encouragement, or anything at all? Well, I just want to make sure people understand um, when, we, when it comes down to us doing our job, mm-hmm. when it comes down to us talking to other people, when it comes down to us learning, remember it's not about you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we put ourselves first, which is normal. Yeah. But sometimes it's not about you. Sometimes it's about that person that you're talking to. Mm-hmm. And remember, you are the lighthouse. You are that that sh- that, that brightness that people need. Yeah. So a smile and a hey, how you doing does matter. Because mm-hmm. you never know that person could be going through something so dark. And the fact that you were the only person in their day to say hello. Yeah. It matters. It goes it goes a long way. Yeah. Wow. Well, awesome. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Jamal. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Oh, thank you, too. Okay. Hey, everyone. This is Caleb from Newsbomb Recruiting, and I'd love to answer any questions you have about driving with us. Give us a call at 309-268-1199 or visit newsbombjobs.com. Hope to talk to you soon. You've been listening to Terminal Exchange, the official podcast of Newsbomb Transportation. If you're enjoying our content, please leave us a review. Your reviews help us spread the word about these important topics and invite more people into the conversation. You can rate and review us on your podcast app or visit us online at terminalexchange.org. New episodes arrive every other Tuesday, so be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow Newsbomb on your favorite social media platforms and be the first to know when new episodes are released. 
Thanks for listening. Until next time, own every moment and stay purpose-driven.